0: Hi there, I know you're here because you're thinking a lot about how you can help your kids be safe and thoughtful and have good experiences when they connect with other kids and anyone on a screen. And probably a lot of you have questions about just screen time in general and what's good for kids. So let's dive in. I'm Devorah Heitner and I'm the author of Screenwise, Helping Kids Thrive and Survive in Their Digital World and a new book called Growing Up in Public, Coming of Age in a Digital World. So in addition to having my own teenager, I spent a lot of time at schools and community organizations around the world, working with young people and really talking with them and understanding the ways they use computers, iPads and other tablets, phones, gaming devices, your device, because a lot of kids are playing with their parents' device, shared family devices, school devices like Chromebooks and tablets, etc. So I'm here to share some strategies that can help you understand your kid's digital world and support them. First of all, there's a bunch of areas where most families are going to run into, let's say, conversations, maybe challenges with tech and screens and the first one is just relationships how are we relating with other people who are we relating to right if your kid is getting on roblox who are they getting on roblox with the same question with any server-based game you know your your minecraft your fortnite anything that kids are doing with other kids or with other players. You want to know who that is, including Google Classroom. right? Do they know the rules of the road, how to talk to other kids and teachers appropriately in Google Classroom? So a lot of us think we can wait to have these conversations about how to relate to other people in the digital world until our kids get a phone, but then our second grader gets on Roblox. right? So I think it really does need to start with, who is your kid connecting with? Is it a cousin that they text from your phone? Is it getting on? roblox with friends is it getting on that google chat with classmates how's that going and then how are they relating to people in that space and do they have strategies if someone says something that hurts their feelings if they don't know how to proceed if someone asks a question that's too personal like someone they don't know on a game asking who are you where do you go to school do they know those kind of rules do they know it's okay for them to leave If they're playing an online game and someone says something really mean or uses a hateful word or just starts using bad language, as kids get older, we may not know all of their contacts, but it's still important that they know who all their contacts are. So even if you have a fifth or sixth or seventh or eighth grader and they have a phone, they should be in touch only with people that they know personally in real life. That's not an age where they should be texting, for example, with people they don't know. Another area that we need to help our kids understand is reputation. So I just spent the last five years working on growing up in public because our kids are growing up in public. So do they understand that if they post something, it can be searchable under their face, under their name, even a handle that they use. So it's really important to let kids know that we never want to put anything out there that's either just too personal Uh, that they're not sure if they want other people to know about or could be problematic or something they haven't gotten permission to share, like something of information about someone else or something that might be embarrassing for anyone, like a picture of your friends doing something silly or rude, like making a rude gesture. Those are things we don't want to put out there because it can harm our reputation. And a way to talk to kids about this that's not negative and not scary is, I mean, feel free to tell them about a time you were going to hire someone at work and you Googled them and found something that made you you know, have questions or made you think twice about giving them the job. That's fair. But we also want to talk about the positive side of reputation. We don't only want to scare kids with the bad stories about things going wrong. We also want to share with them some of the upsides of people who have shared something maybe on GitHub or LinkedIn and it brought them a good opportunity. Because what we want kids to understand is when we put things out into the public, it reflects back on us. So with younger kids, I, I talk a lot about, does this line up? You know, does what you say about who you are as a friend line up with what you just said in the group text? And those are good ways to think about it. Um, if you see that your kid is, for example, texting and they've said something that maybe isn't so nice, you could ask them like, Hey, do you see how I can see maybe you're trying to be funny here, but, I also see how maybe this this could be taken another way. Do you see how this could be hurtful? And help kids slow it down. A lot of times when we're interacting digitally and we do something that might harm our reputation, it's because we're moving too quickly. So just slowing down that interaction, helping kids think about it, helping kids move forward, that can be really helpful. Okay, so I've talked about relationships. I've talked about reputation. Now I'm gonna mention self-esteem. We live in a world where our kids can literally count their followers. I was not a popular kid in middle school, but at least I didn't have to walk around. I had three friends, but at least I didn't have to walk around with a number three on my t-shirt. Now kids can actually you know, see the number of followers that they and their friends have, which can lead to all kinds of issues. So a huge thing we wanna to talk to kids about with followers is we wanna really emphasize the difference between friends and followers. Right? A friend is a reciprocal relationship. A friend shows up for you, you show up for them. You're happy to see that person. Our kids just need one friend. Like research tells us. I mean, lots of kids want and have more friends than one, but if your kid has one friend, they're doing okay. Right? If your kid has no friends, then that it's time to work with school, with after-school programs that they're in, with youth group, anything they're connected to to try to help them identify one kid that can be a potential friend and maybe work on the skills they need to help them build that relationship. But if your kid has a friend, that's a good thing. And that's a great foundation for a great social life. And it may be enough for some kids too. We don't we don't always know what our kids need socially. So it's really important that we don't get focused in terms of their self-esteem on how many friends and let them get too focused on that. So when our kid says, I wanna have a million followers, ask them like, what would you say to a million people? Or do you think it might be a lot of pressure to have a thousand followers or 10,000 followers? Another thing that it's important for us as adults to hold onto in our hearts is to recognize that no matter how many followers you have, you can always have more. So it's not always as good a feeling as we think when we chase those numbers because you can literally go from 80 to 800 and then you see someone who has 8,000 and you're like, I don't have 8,000 followers. So what we need to do is give kids ways of having positive self-esteem that are actually not from social media right so doing your chores in your house putting away the dishes walking the dog helping your younger sibling those are actually ways to help kids build self-esteem we want to balance out that hunger for likes and followers that social media frankly fills all of us with and make sure that kids have real sources of self-esteem in their life at home and at school and in their community Another area in addition to relationships, reputation, and self-esteem that comes up a lot in my own family and probably in yours is time management. TikTok and YouTube are bottomless pits for our time. There is no end to the amount of time you can spend. Video games are the same. There is no end, right? Even if you defeat the level, there's probably another level. There's a new character you can play as. Video games also, it's really hard to say, like, I'm done with that. Um, it's so important to give kids a sense of, Hey, this is designed so that there's no end. So you need to figure out the end and you don't want it to take over your whole life. You don't want your life to be TikTok and the consequences of not sleeping, not doing homework. Some of the things you'd miss out on, if all your life was TikTok are pretty significant. So I think it's important for us to work with our kids to help them understand time management and frankly, how hard it is for us. So we can even show them. I love to show kids the things I do, like setting timers, turning off the internet on myself, other techniques and strategies I use to help me with my time management, because time management in the age of digital things is actually really challenging, right? So these are some some areas that our kids are dealing with. Another thing about growing up in public that's really important to think about is that every day is picture day for our kids so one really important strategy that i'm going to suggest to every parent or caregiver listening to this video is that you start asking the young people in your life permission before you start sharing their picture so especially if they're eight and up, I would ask permission. If they're under seven, under eight, you can maybe just use your best judgment, especially if they're not really kind of asking about it. Some six to eight year olds are asking like, what are you posting, grandma? So it depends on the kid in your life. But if your kids are, are saying, please don't post, we really want to respect their boundaries and their cons- and, and ask for consent. Asking for consent teaches them that they're safe at home with their caregivers, that nobody's gonna share pictures of them in their footy pajamas without asking permission. You don't wanna mess up their fourth grade street cred, let alone their eighth grade street cred, because you will get in big trouble if you do that. And you wanna make sure that they know that it's okay to say no. Knowing it's okay to say no to having your picture shared is so crucial because then they can say no to their peers and they know that what we expect is that they're gonna ask permission before they share pictures of their peers, and they'll respect that no if they get it. So that's a huge one, and that really will go a long way to helping have great conversations about reputation and digital footprint. I want to talk about gaming because I hear a lot from families that gaming can be a source of conflict. We want to make sure that the games our kids play are age appropriate. So I know I've mentioned Roblox a few times because I know it's so popular, especially probably with a lot of elementary and middle school kids. It's really important that we know what games within the Roblox suite our kids are playing. Some of them are very adorable, like there's ones about adopting animals and other things. Some of them have some violence, but it's still pretty tame, I would say. I would consider fighting with lightsabers to be at a different level than like a realistic shooter game, for example. Everyone's choices are going to vary on this and obviously depends on your kid, but any server-based game, the biggest question is, and by server-based game, I mean a game that you play on the computer where you're networked to other people. You're not just playing with the kids who live in your house or who are over visiting. And it's so important to think about how to keep kids safe in a server-based game because they could be talking to strangers and sometimes people even put bad software into Roblox. My own kid ran into some porn in in, in a Roblox game. So, you know you don't have to freak out and never let them play but ideally maybe they're playing in a room adjacent to you or another caregiver maybe they don't have headphones on the younger your kids are the more i'd like them to be maybe playing without headphones some of the time i know it'll be annoying so that you can listen to who they're interacting with and they need to know that if anyone asks them anything inappropriate says something weird asks them their name or where they live that's a good time to leave and they don't have to have an excuse they can just go and if they hear hateful or problematic language they can just go. Older kids may be using an app called Discord when they game. That's an app to really talk through and look at with your kids, just like you would look at their Instagram, their Snapchat. Anything like social media-wise, you should definitely be looking at and setting up with your child when they get on it for the first time. Kids under 13 aren't supposed to be on Discord, Instagram, or Snapchat. I know some kids are, but ideally, that's with parental permission and supervision and mentorship, right? It's not just on their own. Another big idea I want to share with you before we wrap up today is just when we look at kids' use of screens in general, I want us to be thinking about, are they creating or consuming? And is that balanced? And is their use of tech balanced with other things in their life, right? Are they getting enough sleep, for example? If you make no other rules about screens in your home, I really hope that you can think about taking away the connected devices at night so kids can get some sleep, especially at those earlier ages. If your kids are about to go to college, then sure, maybe they need to learn to self-regulate at night, but most middle and elementary schoolers and younger kids cannot really be expected to self-regulate around things that have internet access and texting access to friends overnight. And we know that sleep is so crucial to our kids' physical and mental health. So we really wanna make sure that they're getting their sleep. Um, I'd love to just share with you one or two other quick tips and then I'm always happy to answer questions on Twitter or Instagram if you wanna reach out. I'm at Devorah Heitner, PhD on Instagram, for example. Um, another place that a lot of kids can get tripped up in addition to games or can need some parental support is around texting. So before we even let our kids text, it would be good to go over some common scenarios that come up with texting and especially with group texting, making sure that kids know it's okay to get out of a group text if it's getting mean or difficult and that if they, they have other options, if a group text is getting overwhelming, they can certainly go to talk to some people from the group text more privately. They can have a sidebar chat or they can come to you and show you what's going on and see if you have any ideas about how to help. In the long run, our kids are the safest if they can come talk to us about anything that's coming up online, whether it's someone on Minecraft saying something mean, whether it's a group text that's inappropriate, whether it's a friend who's pressuring them to share a picture that they don't want to share. All of these things are scenarios that they will be safer and better off if they can talk with a caregiver and get some good advice from you. Ultimately, we want to be mentors to our kids in the digital age, not just monitors we don't want to catch them doing the wrong thing as much as we want to teach them doing the right thing or how to do the right thing and we want to really show them that we care about them and a huge piece about of that is just putting our own phones away making sure we're listening making sure we're modeling thoughtful tech behavior and that we're just in the conversation with them on a daily basis about how tech can make our lives better and when it's making our lives worse it's time to put it away thank you so much